I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about the charming, intimate romance Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> and we talk to Ritesh Bhatra, the director of The Lunchbox, about his new film, Photograph. I'm Jake Cunningham, and in the film lab this week, developing thoughts on two new cinematic offerings is the perfectly composed Kelly Powell. Hello. And the overexposed Sam <laughs> That's good. Yeah, thanks. All right. Um, so, two two new films to talk about. Uh, very sure. very odd pairing, but <laughs> uh, who are we to question that, eh? Uh, people should watch what they like. <laughs> um, now, uh, to start, I think in the words of Chad Kroger and Nickelback, should we look at this photograph? Oh, I thought you were going to do that. I was hoping you wouldn't. <laughs> Um, Sam, could you uh, tell us a little bit about the story that this picture-taking tale is capturing? Oh, I certainly can. Uh, so this is the latest from writer-director Ritesh Batra, who most people will know as the director of The Lunchbox, which came out in 2014 and was one of the biggest uh, foreign language films of that year to sort of break out into the mainstream. And that was a rom-com set in Mumbai and the pho- photograph is also a rom-com set in Mumbai. Uh, this has a character called Rafi who is a street photographer in Mumbai uh, and he takes the photo of a wealthy student, Maloney and they're both from families, one rich, one poor but they're both kind of under pressure to marry and find someone. Uh, Rafi in particular is under pressure from his grandmother who is even threatening to stop taking her medication until he finds a wife. He sends her the photo of Maloney to say, look, this is my fiancé, please leave me alone, I've found someone. And unexpectedly, his grandma comes to Mumbai to meet her grandson's fiancé, and so he then has to track down Maloney and convince her to pretend to be his fiancé. And you might expect uh, maybe some sparks to fly. Whoa! This little little ruse. Yeah, and uh, we actually got to speak to Ritesh about the film uh, with... Well, it was Ed, who listeners would have heard on our last week's episode mm-hmm. on our roundup of the best films of the year so far, who was meant to be here today. R.O.P. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> who did not die. Anyway. <laughs> 
but he he died in our hearts. <laughs> he died in our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's an empty chair at the end of the record. There genuinely is. <laughs> what did you think of the film, Ed? <laughs> oh God, you can you can feel you can hear the tears. <laughs> um, uh, so Ed spoke to Ritesh about the film. Uh, so we'll hear from him in just a moment. Uh, but let's just quickly get up to speed on uh, Ritesh yep. Batra. So he made this film, The Lunchbox. Um, uh, well, before that, he had made short films and those got him into a Sundance Lab program. And yep. that's where all that kind of uh, sprung from. But The Lunchbox becomes this mega hit, as you mentioned. Yeah, and I think Indian cinema, it's funny, especially in the UK box office, there's more often than not, there is a Indian film in there but it's just sort of for that core Indian audience or for that Bollywood audience, and it never really breaks into the mainstream. Uh, but the Lunchbox really did in a massive way. Yeah. I remember like my housemates at uni going to see it, housemates who weren't particularly into film, but I remember them going to see the Lunchbox. Yeah. It was that much of a big thing. Yeah, and then in 2017, uh, he makes two films. You got mm. The Sense of an Ending, uh, which was the Julian Barnes adaptation, which is an interesting film to be your, your second yeah. feature because it, it's not a, like, you may, on the surface, that feels like maybe like a ITV Sunday night, <laughs> um, like Silver Pound mm. adaptation, but it's actually, it's quite a curiosity, that one. It's quite an odd film. Yeah. Um, uh, we did a podcast on it we a did. couple of years ago, yeah. Uh, and then also uh, Our Souls at Night. Uh, which what? is uh, Our Souls at Night. Say it much slower, please. Our Souls <laughs> at Night. Yes, that's it. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, with Robert Redford, um, which was also in 2017 as well. Which, unfortunately, is only famous for that title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't say I've seen it, but I've, apparently the performances are excellent. Uh, <laughs> I've heard the title many times. <laughs> and uh, so then makes these two like pretty well-regarded uh, Western films. Yeah. And now goes back to India and makes this new one, Photograph. Uh, so here is Ritesh Batra on his latest. I'm delighted to welcome Ritesh Batra to the Curzon Film Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're obviously talking about your new film, Photograph, which just had its UK premiere at the Edinburgh Film Festival. Let's, I'm going to start by asking you how you uh, are finding audience reactions to the film as you're taking it to different territories around the world. So obviously, it premiered in Sundance and it's gone to Ed it's come to the UK now. I mean, how are you finding people's general reactions, the audience reaction? No, the audience have been very kind. Uh, we premiered in Sundance. I saw it over there, and then it, then we went to Berlin, and uh, then the movie released in India and in the U.S. And uh, it's been really warm in Edinburgh. It was it was very nice. It was a very nice Q and A, and and you know these kinds of things are very interesting because you know. People have other things to do at a festival, and when they all stay back for a Q and A, I think it's a good sign. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm loving being back in London. I haven't been here in a while. Um, so yeah, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to the release. I mean, it's something of a return to your roots in a way, in that you were sort of returning to your native Mumbai um, after sort of your, the, your previous few films where you've made in uh, in the US. I mean, what inspired this decision? after these these recent English language films to go back to, to your native India and make it and create this uh, new romantic story? Well, you know, I have been really eager to get back to my own writing and to direct my own writing. And that's something that I really enjoy. 
and so for me it was more of that you know this is something that i had written and i was uh, very eager to direct something that i have written uh so just went back and made it happen you know i didn't uh, so much of uh, making movies is about putting them together um and and really getting behind something and making it happen uh and for me it was really fun also to have a nice reunion with the whole crew uh and everybody came back you know from everybody i worked with on the lunch box the costume designer production designer line producer everybody came back to work on it uh so it was a very nice reunion uh but no, i was very excited mostly to just direct my own writing again because it's something i really enjoy and that's something that i want to keep doing uh so i spend a lot of my time now writing uh generating material for myself to direct uh because it's something i really enjoy you know i think you feel something innately you you you're so aware of that first impulse or the center of the movie uh when you're directing your own writing you're connected to it in a way that's hard to be if you haven't written it uh so i i really enjoy that i enjoy that uh, process of directing something that i wrote myself where did the inspiration for the story come from well you know it came uh, <laughs> uh you know back when i was growing up in india and even now i think there's a lot of movies made about uh, you know the poor guy rich girl um and most of them you know are, are riffs on taming of the shrew um because uh, because a girl because she's rich somehow she has to be a shrew uh so well, i thought that well what if there was a way to make a movie about a poor guy and a rich girl spending time together because that would never happen you know? it it's kind of a fantasy uh they would have a pretty you know sort of short transaction about you know how much is this and here's the change so i thought what if there was a way to sustain a movie of two people spending time together and and what they could you know if they could help each other find corners of their heart that didn't know existed So it kind of started from there and then I wrote that f- the first scene I wrote was the, the scene that is now the last scene in the movie. Uh I always find about my writing that and uh, that the first thing I write is generally what the movie is about and then I go about trying to figure out you know who the characters are and then work backwards and forwards from there. Uh but yeah that the last scene of the movie is the first thing I wrote and that really sort of drove me to write the rest of it. And you're working with these big um big actors, big Bollywood actors. I mean how did they get involved in the film oh uh, well nawaz is nawaz is somebody i've worked with before i worked with him on lunchbox and sanya came in through the like, process of auditions and while and and meanwhile she had another movie that she was working on that ended up being a huge bollywood success story and uh, and that was great for our movie uh, which you know the thing about uh, these actors is that one they're great actors but they also do work in the sort of the mainstream bollywood song and dance movies and then uh, they bring their audiences along with them into you know a movie that's more art hours and more intimate which is great i think which is great you know and it's it's good it's good for them because they get a chance to do something different and it's great for you know filmmakers because they get new audiences into their movies um so you know i i i loved working with them i love i think they both are great actors and i think they both are they they're going to go on to do a lot of work even outside india so Uh you know it's great I'm, I'm happy to see that the movie's traveling a lot and and releasing in you know sort of mainstream cinemas around the world um outside of sort of the indian and diaspora audiences that you know because there's a whole sort of world of indian films that only indian people watch uh, which is also great but but you know I think it's nice that our stories travel too and other people other people watch them mm. 
the two central performances are very powerful but very very gentle and very subtle in a way but juxtaposed with this very larger than life character of the grandmother is she inspired by anyone any grandmothers or your own grandmother that anyone that you knew yeah you know i invariably end up having this kind of a character in my movie even in lunchbox there was a character that you don't see called the auntie who's upstairs and and she was pretty overwhelming in her own way and and so is this grandma you know i've been fortunate to have like these sort of mother figures in my life who are uh, who are really sort of the dominating force in a story uh, so no absolutely you know my own mom and and even my grandma when she was alive you know uh, they're pretty demanding <laughs> always demanding answers so so you know i'm happy to steal from life and also the actor farooq jafar she's a real force of nature uh she's she's you know she's she she was india's first female radio presenter back in the 50s uh so she you know she doesn't take no for an answer and and you know she also brought herself to the part um and you know i was very happy she's one of those actors who's always been played the grandma even when she was young so <laughs> it was really fun to work with her i think one of the strongest um, elements of the film is that it's it's so fundamentally nice and gentle it's a novel way of contemporary romance films which always invariably are quite tragic in a way i mean and there's something to be said for the way the film avoids clichés and sort of the, the clichés of the romantic genre and just yeah. and goes along at its own pace and it's very gentle and it's just uh, was this intentional for you I and mean, was it, was it intentional for you to just tell this very straightforward nice story with any without any uh, big narrative complications or tragic elements uh yeah you know i, I don't know i don't know you know i think it's just a movie about two people spending time together and how they find corners of their heart that didn't know existed um but uh, is is that not big i don't know i think that's pretty it's a pretty big deal uh i th- i think they go through some really fundamental changes in their lives like if they didn't hadn't met each other they would probably be in different trajectories but but yeah you know i don't know i don't know i think it's up to now it's turned over to the people to decide but no but i think it's a pretty big deal that they spent time together <laughs> it's, it's a huge deal no it's absolutely i mean if it was say to have a us remake then i i I'm sure it would be completely changed and chopped around and there'll be a uh a a, a narrative uh, a crux around it that just changes the whole thing. Um but in a way it's also a spiritual sequel to the lunchbox in a way and that it just it's about the power of kindness in a way. I mean is that is it's this inspired by the films that you like to watch or is there any films that inspire you or filmmakers that inspire you well absolutely a lot of filmmakers inspire me you know louis malle inspires me a lot uh his his movies are always about you know the the scripts are are really strong and and the writing plays a huge role and and you know he's he's very humble director you know that he's telling the story of these characters and not imposing himself on every frame of the movie and I love I love directors who do that you know I love Ashgar Farhadi's work um I think also directors job is to so much to make sure that the movie doesn't feel like it's been written that's essentially what a director does I think so yeah you know uh, 
I'm always trying to find a way to do that, I guess. What are you working on next? Well, I'm writing a movie that's set in London, and I'm hoping to make it later this year. Uh, I'm also adapting a great Indian novel to a series, episodic. And I'm working on something for the stage. So I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just r- working a lot, trying to stay busy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hustling, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I really enjoy that. I enjoy, I enjoy being busy. I enjoy just, you know, thinking about the next thing. So it's, it's, I often find it hard, hard to do sort of this part of the process where the movie is going to come out and you have to, because my mind has already moved on to the next things. But, you know, I mean, it's also, it's also really nice that, that the movie is traveling. So, so I'm happy to be here. Sure. Ritesh Bacha, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, so it's a film called Photograph that starts with a photographer, mm-hmm. uh, and that immediately uh, kind of makes me think of the challenges of making films about photography. Uh, like we see films about filmmaking, I, I'm all, almost immediately on edge and the same thing mm. with photography as well. Um, it brings back stuff like Finding Vivian Mayer and Life, the Anton mm. Corbin film about Robert Stock and James Dean, um, which are films that I know were regarded by some but felt like Often with these films about photography or particularly other photographers, you've yeah. got people, directors almost trying to make their stamp on someone else's way of capturing an image. And so when I saw the name of this film straight away, mm. I thought, what is its gonna relationship going to be to photography? Um, and how is he as a filmmaker going to approach that? But pretty early on, I realized I didn't have to worry about that at all. Yeah. Um, it's pretty lo-fi, charming, uh, almost like a mixture between like Bollywood, Mumblecore and Richard Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. Because like the film has this meet cute at the beginning and it's like the ultimate meet cute. Like street photographer takes a picture of a young girl and that sort of chance coincidence encounter shapes both of their lives and the film is full of these kind of chance encounters and I think if that sounds conventional then the rest of the film is done in a I don't know not quite as conventional way as you might expect this kind of film to play out yeah like there is there is some of this where it's like quite quiet and it's yeah it's really understated yeah it really is and it actually will leave key plot elements that would be traditional for a romantic comedy yeah just by the wayside or just assume that we know that those events happened just so he can just spend more time quietly with the characters having conversations yeah which i know 
at some points you might think this could actually do with someone kind of more explaining what has happened. <laughs> um, do they show how he finds her? Kind of. Kind of I mean, it's yeah. a little bit inexplicable that his this his taxis keep showing up where she is. Yeah, like that. There is. Uh, the first thirty minutes or so, uh, like, because it needs to kind of quickly establish the yeah. dynamic. Um, we talked about something similar with only you as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the the mathematics and logistics of figuring out how that we can get them to meet, split them apart, and get them back together again. Uh, I have to say, it, it did kind of lose me here. Um, but then you just, eh, whatever, go with, go with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're back together, and then they're just having these conversations. Uh, Maybe a little bit before sunset at times as well. Yeah. Um, but in Mumbai. Definitely some of it. Mm. I think what's interesting is that both these lead characters are very quiet and introverted. Like in these films, if one character is like that, the uh, the kind of the thought is that the other character has to be so big to kind of counteract that. But these characters are both very quiet, both say very little. Their facial expressions are, you know, very muted. stoic. Yeah, <laughs> very muted. But that really works for the, rest, for the whole film, I think. Yeah, and it feels like a different India that we're seeing here. Well, well I'm sure for people in India this is um, like more common, but as a Western audience, because we, as you mentioned, Sam, we get so few of these films that yeah. come over. This feels very different to what we are used to seeing. Uh, it's not like the like chaotic slum poverty streets that we might see in Slumdog Millionaire or Lion, and nor is it like the super high-end, yeah. saturated Bollywood glamour. Um, and I, I really liked that. Like when we're suddenly just given space, stillness, yeah. which is core to the film, to those characters as well as a reflection of who they are. Um, I, I actually really liked that about it. Like, and that felt like something that I haven't seen before. Yeah, Mumbai is often this kind of depicted as this like complete area of chaos and carnage where it's like millions of people in one squashed into one small area and there's like these packed trains and taxis and street markets and yeah, like you say, and this, we're used to seeing like especially in things like Slumdog Millionaire and Lion, this kind of like really harsh poverty stricken well, areas like of a very definite aesthetic that comes yeah. with th- those sort of films absolutely yeah. you, you do get these great flashes of colour like when they go inside into, the into the taxis yeah like I, I want whoever's designing taxis in Mumbai to come <laughs> over to London because like it's like neon blue zebra print it's amazing <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I really like that uh, but yeah I, I do have some reservations on it Within that first 30 minutes that I mentioned, there is a hint of that creepy stalker <laughs> yeah. uh, rom-com trope. Yeah. Uh, like, I've got this photo, I've got to track it down. And yeah. uh, I can't say I'm a big big fan of that. Um, but those little moments, like particularly bits of uh, to do with food, I really yeah. enjoyed. Like, yeah. like It really delves into the like familial relationships that people will have with food, like passed down from their grandmother or father or whatever. Uh, and I love people talking about that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the core of this is, is uh, a couple of lines like, uh, everyone's running, running, running these days and no one gets peace in Mumbai, not mm. even in death. Um, <laughs> which are a few lines that I wrote down because that, to me, that's this film. Um, yeah. it's I can't say I'm like super invested in the romance as yeah. such, but I am more interested in, in the characters and, and the kind of spaces that they've crafted for themselves and just hanging out with them. Uh, plus, it's got a really great ending. Like, a, a, it does like, have a good ending. Yeah, really surprisingly subversive and bold ending for a film of this nature. Yeah, also not to make this film sound too twee. It's 
it's nice to see nice things happen happen to nice people. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes in film. <laughs> yeah, um, we, well, we've mentioned a few films here uh, already. Like, uh, well, obviously the, the Lunchbox. Yeah, but... if you if you like the Lunchbox, and a lot of people do, I definitely think this is one for you. Yeah, um, but other stuff there as well, like the, maybe the before films. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, about time even. Like, there's so many Some things rich, that you could lift definitely stuff from. Yeah. to see at times. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, so now for the second part in our double bill, which I'm I'm assuming we are the first people to ever do this double bill and maybe the only people <laughs> to ever do it uh it's time to move from Ritesh Batra's photograph to Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> all right uh so where do we start yeah <laughs> where do we start right I've got we've got eight films to for people to catch up on <laughs> um so go do your homework <laughs> and then come back to us no, I think for the maybe even the studio setting this up as a new entry point. These are yeah. characters like this is the Hobbs and Shaw franchise to get in on it's uh, a, it's at the a ground spin-off. floor. It's a spin-off, but you don't. I don't think you have to see the other ones to because no, I haven't. You haven't. No, well, we, we all haven't seen all of them. No, I've seen one of them. I've seen weirdly Fast and Furious Six. <laughs> <laughs> That's an odd one to yeah. start with. No, I saw the first three. Okay, uh, like as they came out chronologically in real life. Um and um and then I didn't watch any of the others. So I, these are totally new characters. Did you know that three is now actually yes, seven? Yes, yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like I watched they, the first three that came out. They retcon the hell out of all of these films all yeah. the time. Yeah, I do like that. It's Even in Hobbs and Shaw, they like there's just a throwaway line that completely changes something that happened in a previous film. Oh, you have to tell me what that is after okay. this. Um, <laughs> but to get you up to speed, listener, but I'm sure you're incredibly well versed already. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham craft their very own off ramp from the <laughs> Fast and Furious franchise uh, for this this standalone tale featuring uh, Luke Hobbs. That's Dwayne Johnson, former FBI agent. Uh, who's just got... DEA. No, D- no, it's D- DSS. DSS. Yeah. DSS agent. Still DSS? I No, I, he no, retires. He's now retired, yeah. He's good. <laughs> he's a law... They, call, they just call him he's a lawman. Law he's a lawman. <laughs> he's a lawman, and he is, in previous entries, teamed up with the family. Uh, well, initially he was hunting the family. Yeah. Then he, he teamed up with them. Because there's a lot of respect about yeah. them. Uh, a lot of respect in these films, yeah. the family. And... Uh, Jason Statham, who is Deckard Shaw, is the villain in number seven. Yes, he's a rogue, rogue special, a- rogue British special agent in seven, who's getting revenge on the family for putting his brother in a coma in the sixth one, and then he is in prison with Luke Hobbs in the eighth one, who's been framed and set up, and they meet in prison, and then they help each other break out of prison and stop the real bad guy. Who is Charlize Theron, who plays Cypher, who is a hacker, who has been behind the events of six and seven the whole time. And she blackmails Dom Toretto into helping her because he has a son he didn't know about with a woman who wasn't Letty, who's played by Michelle Rodriguez, who they thought was dead, but is actually alive, as she found at the end of the fifth one. And she has amnesia and she's helping yeah, Armshaw in the uh, fifth one. Yes, that's a good one because. <laughs> When I watched six, and it was like she's alive. Like, I, don't I don't know care. who this is. <laughs> all right, so there we are. So now we all are all up to speed. And Idris Elba's here, 
Uh, he is, as quoted from the film, Black Superman. On Black Superman. Uh, he has been genetically modified. He's like half robot, half human. <laughs> Mechanically um, modified. Yep. And so this is Fast and Furious fully accepting that they are like there are in no way related now. to reality. We are basically like a superhero franchise as well. Uh, I know this week one of the writers said that they have not ruled out going to space. Um, and That would be fine. Yep. So I, I gather, like between the two of you, you're pro Fast and Furious. I'm I'm pretty pro Fast and Furious. I don't love that. As people love these films, and the seventh one definitely is in the top ten highest grossing films of all time. Uh, I think, especially after so the first three that Kelly has seen are very grounded in reality, more they or are, less. They are like street racing. They're street racing. racing. Yeah. They're kind of like Point Break, where like an undercover mm. cop go enters this sort of world of extreme sports to expose criminals. And they were all about the, the street racing and the car chases, but they're relatively grounded. But from the pretty much from the fifth one, which introduced Luke Hobbs, the stunts have gotten bigger, the actions got bigger, as well as so is the box office. So the budgets keep getting higher and higher and higher, and the expectations get higher. So now they all have these completely insane, over the top car stunts. Yeah, yeah, not like, any car, um, just not any car, just any general, kind of so, insane yeah, like, action like, sequence. They're like fast. They're like Mission Impossible with added like mental stuff. Like yeah, well, like Mission Impossible sells itself on the reality of the stunts. Exactly. Uh, this sells itself on the unreality. Of yeah. The spectacle, yeah. 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 Um, and that totally has its place. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think. This film is very entertaining. Do see it on a as big a screen as possible yeah. and as loud as possible. For that reason, it's really fun because there is genuinely spectacle here that you're, you're not going to get anywhere else. No. Um, and I admire it for that. I do think it tr- it tries to make itself a different type of film than maybe the other Fast and Furious films, which I, I, I at their core, as much as they are ridiculous, there's a sincerity to them. <laughs> Like they, they, yeah, like, they, they, they know take, what they're they, doing. Yeah. yeah, but they do take themselves. They take quite themselves seriously. very seriously. And this film does not. Mm. No. It kind of did. Well, it is directed by um, the same guy who did Deadpool. Two. Two. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Reynolds has a, a cameo in it. And you do kind of feel like they're going for that kind of humor. Yeah. But it doesn't really work in this in this film for me. Well, it, it's I, at its best when it's doing what it wants to do, and. Yeah. It, that's the stunts. Absolutely, yeah. Um, as soon like the film kind of flatlines for me when people just start talking to each other <laughs> and thinking that their conversations are funny. Uh, uh, Statham and uh, Dwayne Johnson in other films are great as being like on the side for like people to bounce off of, mm. but they can't when they're both so bouncy. Like they they just kind of go nowhere. Like they need like I think Vanessa Kirby is maybe meant to be the straight man um, for them. I think she's really good in this. Yeah, and she was, she was great in uh, the last Mission Impossible film. Yeah, and I think she, I think she does that really well. Actually, she's a real, she's the straight man. Mm. I think she does a really good job of it. The straight yeah. woman. The straight woman. And so, when, and when she's when she's not there, you kind of actually feel her absence. Uh, yeah. Which, considering yeah. how much like of a caricature the other two men yeah. are, and how much screen presence they take real credit to her for just coming in and like owning her role in this franchise yeah um 
And it's interesting. I noticed on the uh, credits at the start that it's a Seven Bucks production, which is Dwayne Johnson's uh, production company. So he's clearly like trying to, like after coming in at the fifth entry of this franchise and now taking a stranglehold on it yeah. and like pulling it off in his own direction. And because of this film, the characters aren't going to be in the ninth traditional Fast and Furious yes. franchise as well. Um, nothing to do with his hatred for Vin Diesel <laughs> at all. Um, this this town's too big for this town's too small for another enormous bald <laughs> grizzly voiced actor. Absolutely. Um, uh, so Kelly, you mentioned David Leach already, the director of Deadpool two. He was one of uh, he was an uncredited director on John Wick. Yep. And so Deadpool, him and David Leach and um, Chad Chad Stahelski were stuntmen that got into directing with John Wick, and then Chad Stahelski stuck with the John Wick franchise, but David Leach went off to do Atomic Blonde. Uh, which I think uh, the the plot's all over the place, but the action's really impressive in that mm. film, similar to here. And then he did Deadpool 2, and now he's here with this, and he's got a real sort of, you know, a kinetic energy for yeah. kind of action films. And, like, he's not gone from, like, people might have seen John Wick, and he could have done, like, a Colin Trevorrow and be like, right, here are the keys to an enormous franchise. Yeah. But it's, like, he has actually made steps up the ladder there yeah. in terms yeah. of budget. Um, and He's also yeah. a veteran of, like, Hollywood films in terms of stunts. that They both worked on The Matrix and everything. Yeah. And, um, like, this film's finale ends in Samoa, oh, uh, yeah. which, like, the final <laughs> final 20 minutes of this, like, that's, for me, where the best spectacle Same. of the whole thing is. Um, and actually really fun to take the franchise away from the urban sprawl yeah. and industry that it has been in. Uh and it genuinely feels like a new direction that it could have gone down. And uh, like that's really exciting, those yeah. final bits. So, Kelly, you've seen like the Fast and Furious films from when they were grounded and took themselves more seriously than they do compared to this one. Mm. What's it like thinking of what the Fast and Furious films used to be <laughs> compared to where they've come now? Um, funnily enough, I got the same feeling that I had when watching the first ones where you kind of like, you know, when the music drops and they're like doing these stunts to the music yeah. and you're kind of like, oh, this is yeah. Hollywood at its best. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're like, you get that like that excitement. And you're just like, this is so cool. Yeah. This is just cool. And so I had that same feeling in this one, but totally different films. Yeah. <laughs> um, but still, it's just, you know, I, I, I said earlier that I read, I think it was The Guardian that, that called it um, a fervently brainless delight. Um, and I think that that is what this film is. It's dumb fun. Yeah. Um, it's You don't have to think too hard. You, you switch off. And that's what a lot of people go to the movies for, just to sort of be transported somewhere else and just enjoy what they're seeing. Um, so I liked it. It does that fun, dumb fun really well, I think. Yeah. And that's what these, this franchise is really good at for me. Yeah. Um, definitely one for like Fast and Furious fans and John Wick fans as well. Uh, so do go check this one out. Uh, but if you if you don't fancy that, you can always check out something on Cousin Home Cinema if you just want to stay at home. Uh, we did a podcast a while back on Happy as Lazaro, uh, yep. which has just joined the service. Uh, and the Lunchbox is on there. Lunchbox on and Cousin... Photograph. So oh, you can do a double of those. Uh, if you have a Cousin membership, you can watch the Lunchbox for free as it is part of Cousin 12 this month. Oh, great. Cool. Um, so do make sure you do that. If you're a member at the cinema, you get that one 
for free. Um, there's a few events happening, Kelly. Yep. So um, at Kurs in Richmond uh, on Tuesday the 6th, so next week Tuesday, um, we have a special screening for the 50th anniversary of Lindsay Anderson's If. Um, and that's the film that, that launched Malcolm McDowell's uh, career. Um, it's followed by a Q&A with actor David Wood, um, and he'll also be signing copies of his book, uh, Filming If, which will be available for purchase at the event. And then at Curzon Soho on Tuesday the 13th, we uh, have a special screening of Apocalypse Now Final Cut, a never-before-seen and newly restored cut of Coppola's spectacular cinema, cinematic masterpiece. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you want to come along to any of those, avoid disappointment by booking ahead. You can do that on curzoncinemas.com slash events. Uh, so if you've got any thoughts on Photograph or Hobbs and Shaw, you can let us know by tweeting at Curzon Cinemas, or you can let us know if you want as well. Uh, individually, uh, we did a we, we let people know our letterbox names uh, last week. Uh, so that's where we're, we're tracking all the films that we're watching and reviewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you can follow us on there. Sam, your username on Letterboxd is Sam Howlett. No, is it? <laughs> hey, this this was this happens everywhere. This I don't know. Sam underscore Howlett, I think. Is it? There we are. S underscore Howlett and Kelly. You're on Letterboxd at Kelly P triple E. And I'm there. Just Jake Cunningham. All right, no issue. I'm going to get S underscore Howlett tattooed on my arm. Yeah. Hey, don't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, so if it's your first time listening to the show and you want to stick around for some more, you can subscribe. We do the show every week and that's on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, wherever you get your pods. And if you're there and you want to leave us a review, that'd be wonderful. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.